retro anime. How did we fight it? How does it hold up? Unpacking the ins and outs of being an old school nerd, and proving that 80s kids can't remember a damn thing right. These are the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd. Welcome to Mindless Midlife Musings of the Anime Nerd. I'm Rick, and I'm joined by the rest of our panel, Lynette, Vic, and Brian. How's it going, everyone? Hey, everybody! <laughs> they were taking to the skies again as we celebrate Ghibli Fest and soar with the pigs. Uh, the Crimson Pig. Crimson Pig. Porco Rosso is a 1992 animated fantasy written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki, and it's based on The Age of the Flying Boat, which is a three-part watercolor manga by Miyazaki. It was animated, of course, by Studio Ghibli um, for Japan Airlines, actually, which was kind of a fun thing. Was it written in conjunction with them? Yeah, well, it was, actually, uh, mm -hmm. to a degree. No, they, were, they uh, helped sponsor the film, so the concept was for him to create a piece of work for a short in-flight film for them based on his manga like here's money make stuff for us <laughs> yeah so then but then it grew into a feature-length film and uh this was the end result it still it still got shown on airplanes though like it was still like they were first run so they showed a video a ova of Planes potentially getting hijacked. <laughs> it was a different time. As a way to set the mind at ease once you've gone through your in-flight safety briefing. Remember, you used to be able to walk to the gate without having a ticket. You used to be able to smoke on planes, <laughs> damn it. All this is true. So, <laughs> so we decided to go ahead and give them more and say, you know what? Here, here's, 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 here's robbery. Here, here's theft. Well, at least the kidnappers were nice to the children. They were very polite. It's like, you can't, can't break them up. <laughs> mm -hmm, right? Yeah. We haven't even got to the point that these were children that we were talking about. We, were, <laughs> we haven't even got to that point yet. We were just discussing that in conjunction, they said, this is going to be the in-flight movie we want to show. And it's going to be... About air pirates. About actually deeds of <laughs> air pirates. Hey, you know what? Much better than Grave of the Fireflies. There yes. That's it. Um, but if that's our bar, I mean. <laughs> that wasn't written in conjunction with anybody. There's no. So we're good. I'm pretty sure that was written in conjunction with depression. Or clamp. <laughs> It'd have to be written, written with clamp writers. Actual depression sat down with Miyazaki and said, hey, buddy, you look happy. I need you to write a complete opposite. Of happy. Yeah, we need yeah. the complete episode of happy, but we're going to show it with happy. Yeah. See? But we should probably get back on subject. <laughs> this is happy, right? I mean, so the story, it's kind of it's kind of not, though, at the same time. So our story follows an Italian World War I ace pilot, Marco Pago, or Rossellini, depending on which continent you are when you watched it, uh, now living as a freelance bounty hunter chasing air pirates in the Adriatic Sea. Um, there's a, a strange curse, yeah, with absolutely no real explanation, has transformed him into a humanoid pig, and he's given the alias Porco Rosso, which is Italian for red pig or crimson pig, depending on how you want to uh, approach the translation. Uh, it was the it was first English dubbed for Japan Airlines, and uh, that version has since disappeared. It was probably the Streamline crew. I wasn't able to find it. Uh, but it was included in the Ghibli Laserdisc box set for their region. Like that's, it has since disappeared. So at this point, it was later redubbed by Disney and released in the West in the 2000s. And G-Kids reissued the film again in 2017-ish under their own deal with Studio Ghibli. And uh, it is currently showing as part of Ghibli Fest in celebration of Hayao Miyazaki's 73rd retirement. I think we're on now. No, so, uh, I think you're missing a few ones in front of that. Oh, man. 86 right now. That's what, okay. Yeah, that's so like 186. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, the film was originally planned as a short in-flight film for Japan Airlines. And and he just it grew into a, a bigger fish. Um, bigger plane? I don't know what the correct analogy would be. Uh, because of war. 
which is a funny thing to read when we were researching this. But let's 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 talk about this real quick. Let's. You know, Haven't we been talking about it? Fair mm -hmm. enough. Fair enough. But just want to point out to our stateside viewers, right? Two hours in the air will get you from, say, Miami to at most. You want to say Texas? I mean, uh, yeah, Eastern Texas, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Well, North Carolina is about an hour and 15 minutes. I'm an expert on that part. I was about to say, <laughs> last time I flew, it took about an hour and a half to get to Georgia. Yeah, you, you, can, get to, you can get to Houston in about two hours, roughly, so, depending. I'm saying, because this is, this is the feature, is it, do you want to say, put the term feature length? Well, it is. It is feature length. It's, a, um, it's over 90 minutes, just over 90 minutes, which is for every animated film of the time was very much par for the course. Everything from I'm, The Little Mermaid, you know, Aladdin, they're all about 90 minutes. I'm just pointing this out because where the hell are you going to fly from Japan in 90 minutes? Okinawa to Tokyo. Uh, yeah, like you could go North Hokkaido down to, you know, like Hiroshima. Like that's probably about the length of time. And, and I mean, connecting Japan does fly to other countries. You can go to mm -hmm. mainland China, and Korea. <laughs> I understand that portion. Yeah, it's just that the whole two hours or ninety mm -hmm. minutes, if yeah. you will, it just it feels arbitrary for an in-flight movie. I suppose. I mean, they were all in, man. They had this dubbed into like every bloody language. The, the intro is one of the only intros that crawls in like seven or eight different languages at once. Which that was, was a lot. <laughs> they even put it in sign language. <laughs> My first hit play, I was like, wait a second, did I select the right language? I don't recognize the first line. <laughs> and, they, and they did something pretty cool there. They didn't put the English one like dead center. No, no. It's, no it was like off center. Right, so it, it, if you had OCD and you're looking for which one you're supposed to be looking for, <laughs> and you happen to be OCD and you look for English, this could have been a nightmare. Yeah, it could have. It could have messed with your head. But, I mean, it, it did. It was cool. I, I, I kind of wish more movies would do something like that. It just makes it a little more approachable, I guess. I don't know. It was neat. Could you imagine if the Star Wars series did their title crawl like this? Side side. Oh my god, that will take like 45 minutes. <laughs> you could read a whole movie. <laughs> George loves himself an opening crawl. It would have taken forever. Yeah, it would have been an hour and a half just for the crawl. Um. <laughs> and even worse, it'll be like first line in English, and the next, second line is, you know, the first paragraph would have taken like 12 minutes. So uh, to speak to we had joked about earlier, uh, this being an in-flight movie, it did come out in 92. So it was uh, very much of a different era of flight. But it's also interesting because it also showed a very different era of flight, mm -hmm. which was kind of new uh, in a good way, though. Like mo a lot of times you, you know, talk about World War One, you'll talk about like the Great the Red Baron. You'll talk about World War One aerial combat. You'll talk about World War Two. There's not a lot of time where you get any focus on the area in between. An avionic development, which was kind of mm -hmm. cool. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a history buff. I don't know anything about it. I just know that they clearly spent a lot of time paying attention to the types of planes that were being made. Then they paid a lot to what's going on. They addressed the up and coming Second War in it. I mean, it was it was pretty cool. I appreciated that, and I didn't when I was younger. I hadn't seen this until the Disney release, and. So I watched it dubbed, and I got to tell you, Michael Keaton was inspired casting. I thought he was really good. But uh, yeah, I hadn't seen it until then, so it was the first time I'd ever seen it. Uh, it uh, before then, I just wasn't even, like, I don't, couldn't even find it. Like, it wasn't, it just wasn't available <laughs> for anywhere that I ever saw. Clearly, was, we were not taken to the skies in Japan around. Clearly, yes. Uh, now, what about you guys? When when had you first seen it? Two days ago. <laughs> Oh, shit, that was your first, you two, first time? All three? I'm the only one that had any skin in this game before we started? Yep. Mm -hmm. Damn. All right, well. Maybe it's because during that time I wasn't eating pork, you know, so it was not something I wanted to take, partake of, you know. That's blasphemy, back, Brian. Back, not that pork's back on the menu. I, I was 
I was all in. Was uh, I the so, only one who thought he was committing a bit of cannibalism with his dinner? Oh no! For like two all. seconds, I thought it was pork. A little bit, yeah. No, it been... <laughs> until I realized it was chicken. <laughs> hey, but you know what? Pork, the other white meat, it's good stuff. I don't feel they were brave enough to address that. <laughs> I would have said lamb chops. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when he was eating dinner, I was like, "Is that pork?" It's got no. That's chicken. I'm gonna pretend that's chicken because if I think it's pork and it's a pig eating pork, I'm gonna have a problem. <laughs> One of the things I loved about him was how he leaned into it. How he leaned mm-hmm. into the fact that he's a pig and he used it to just get out of anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, I'm a pig now. I'm going as introverted as you can possibly yeah. imagine. <laughs> no, 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 follow no. the laws because the laws are for men. <laughs> he's a pig. It was just such a great like. It's talk about embracing your your. Or your curse. <laughs> it's like, fuck it, I'm a pig. I don't even yeah, care. When pigs fly. But but you you can't imagine that if you are cursed and live out life as some type of beast, if you will, your 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 do I look like I give a fuck would be really tested. It wouldn't be tested that often. I mean, you're like, come on, look. Are you really asking me if I want to donate to the Girl Scouts right now? I'm <laughs> Look at me, I'm a fucking pig. What the hell? Yeah, just just insert any animal. I'm a fucking emu. And you want me <laughs> to donate to Saints of Lauderdale Saints? Fuck you. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> they would they would win every time in who's having the worst day ever. You know, you just come in, you would not I'm believe. a goddamn pig. <laughs> you know, you would not believe the day I had. All they'd have to do is go. Gestures <laughs> <laughs> to all of me. Can you imagine him with a panhandler? Hey, man, I'm a uh, Please go ahead and give me some money. He says, look, I'm sorry. I look tasty. Fuck you. <laughs> it's like, people just want me to come over for breakfast. Piss off. <laughs> I respect that they didn't spend a lot of time with pork jokes because they really could have leaned into that. Oh, God. Oh, Really could have had fun with that, and and they didn't. And at no point did they do a when pigs fly joke. Come on, they did. <laughs> did they do one? They did. They did one. There was one, but it wasn't like when pigs fly. But it was fly and pig were in the same sentence. Oh, all right. Because I, I, yeah, I didn't. Or <laughs> well, maybe he said when I fly. This movie is it's. Fun. It's like a throwback to like the Bogart and Hepburn kind of right adventure mm-hmm. films, and I, I Casablanca. Yeah, like hardcore with those vibes. It was great. It was a lot of fun. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I want to apologize right now for my pronunciation of Casablanca. I said Casablanca, like it was, it was bad. I, I apologize. <laughs> Do you like tacos too? <laughs> Would you like some pickle de gallo with that? <laughs> yeah, that. Perfect. No, no, no judgment here. You're fine. This is a oh, safe God. space, Brian. We mispronounce Japanese names all day. I think we can handle a little effed up. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, we, we've already said that we're going to mess up Japan, but, you know, the Hispanic population, we cannot offend that. I refuse. No, I'm not going to. You do it. Well, the Hispanic side of the panel appreciates your effort. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was pretty cute how they kept talking about American gin, and then they did uh, American Kayo, like Kono Yoro, except they did American Yoro. I was like, oh, they said a swear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mom was like... My mom was like, what? I was like, yeah, that's a take on my corner girl. And that's a bad word. We're probably going to get beat. But <laughs> I was like, they just said a bad word. <laughs> I love to hear that when, when you're watching it with your mom. Like, I, I love hearing this. Like, <laughs> I could only imagine bringing my parents into watching anime. <laughs> it's it's a- not bad. All right now, and I mean, I understand. I I have watched many of these with my mother, sister. Obviously, Andrea's been on the panel a bunch of times, but I I agree with you, Brian. I think watching one of these with your parents 
would be a profoundly different experience. <laughs> right, right. Like, <laughs> well, I but, almost broke my mom of all Ghibli because her first introduction to Ghibli was Ponyo. And so I oh, said, wow. I said, let's watch this. And she goes, it's not the bubble thing again, is it? I said, no, it's not the bubble. <laughs> Not the bubble, we promise. I know I know we're doing Jimmy Fest, right? But I would love to just hear a story of one of us watching anime like like Butt Attack Punisher with our parents, just to see what they think. Just to see. I'm glad you volunteered, hey. Brian. Good luck. Yeah, I watched Ninja Scroll with my grandfather. I think I think That's I already right. won. No, 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 no. no. Right. Actually, he watched it with you. Yeah, he watched it with me. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if you're going to remember the story. It was super watched... family fun time. <laughs> That's right. Super family. Yeah, exactly. It was perfect. As a family, they gathered together and watched a stone man take an entire breast into his mouth. It was family time. The whole breast. <laughs> I really can't wait for that part of Ghibli. You would think that once he comes out of retirement for his 96th time, he would, like, Venture into Ghibli hentai. Is that? <laughs> oh God! The world is not prepared for that, Brian. Oh. Ghibli hentai? I don't think I don't think the world could handle animated pornography that that, that looked that good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the universe would collapse. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> it feels like this is off kilter, and I'm here. For- Oh, yeah, you derailed it 20 minutes ago. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it, the thing is, is that this is there's not a lot of meat to this story. It's very simple. It's very it, there's not it's not very complex because, it, again, it, it was birthed from a, a smaller, simpler concept. So it is very cut and dry, very Bogart and Hepburn on an adventure in, you know, the eastern Mediterranean. It's the whole thing reads exactly like that. And and it's great. This is this movie's a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun things. Like they like you were saying, Lynette. They it opens with like this big kidnapping plot, and these kidnappers are basically they all look like Bluto from Popeye, and they all they all they carry they they capture these fifteen swim team fifteen children who are part of a swim team. Is that I mean the best yeah. way to describe it? And it's so it's so Ghibli. It's the most Ghibli kidnapping they could ever make. Like, we don't have enough space, so we can't break them up. They take over the plane. <laughs> like, you can honestly say that Ghibli skeeted all over this one. He even had a Ghibli engine in this one. Oh, yeah, he did. Loved that because of the reason. And I'll just I'll just do that now. So, I, as it turns out, I have, for the better part of my life, always wondered what the hell a Ghibli even is. And it turns out it's this. It is Ghibli is named for a type of Italian airplane called the Caproni CA309 Ghibli. So in a sort of a homage to that, the engine is stamped with a Ghibli logo name on it. The company's named after a fucking airplane, man. I didn't know that. It's a bubbly airplane. All right, all right. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to say that company doesn't exist anymore. Caproni? Probably. Anyway, it was fascinating. I know it took me a minute to wrap my head around it. I'm like, wow, of all the things you can name your company after, you named it after like a completely like obscure Italian aircraft. It was just, it's just so Hayao Miyazaki. <laughs> just, of course he did. Like, he saw it, an air show one Tuesday, saw a Ghibli plane and went, I'm going to make movies. And that right? was right. <laughs> the rest is history. That's my inspiration. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I feel like we have to do this for everything. Uh, where did Disney come from? <laughs> <laughs> Very racist, sexist, old dude. <laughs> Disney apparently, and this is, this is true. You can look this up on the internet. Disney is actually named off of the caravan saddle that you would use for camels. I call bullshit. So, 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 how are we supposed to get the Ghibli in an air engine? I mean, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't, but it's just, it's just fascinating that that was how they landed there. I just didn't expect it. Was that a pun intended? They were landed. 
And I did not, I mean, you know, we're just going to be all the airplane puns today. I just didn't expect it. All these years I've been such a huge fan of this studio. Obsessed with their work. And it's the one thing I never bothered to really, like, figure out. It was just, I just assumed they made up a fucking word. I had no idea. It was just fascinating to me. You want to talk about a mindless musing? That's probably the best one I got for you today. I peaked early in this episode. How about the dog fights look like kites? Do you notice that? <laughs> yeah. They look like kites just flap, you know, just flapping around. They did. I was like, like, oh, that looks really pretty. And then they started exploding, and then I was like, that's not really pretty anymore. <laughs> and this is another one of those where you could tell, uh, obviously it's it's widely known that Hayao Miyazaki is a huge fan of, of light airplanes, things like that. But you can kind of just tell that, again, it, they did their homework. If you watch dogfights in the era of the biplane, that's how it looked. It looked like these, the wind was doing 90% of the work, you know? <laughs> You're just <laughs> throw all these kites in the air and see what happens. And it was cool. And it was beautiful. They did such a yeah. good job on that. Uh, at first I thought, these planes are all made up. <laughs> None of this shit's real. Oh, God, don't tell me you looked them all up. Most of them are real. Most of them are real planes. Most of them actually exist. I thought, I, this, in my ignorance, again, not a historian, but in my ignorance, I did not know that planes existed where the engine was mounted over the entire wing. Like, I just didn't even know it was a thing. Turns out it you is. No, it's not like this was the first time one, they got, they had scaling issues on this one. One. It felt like the cockpit was completely oversized. And then somehow you went to a little, little tapered off section, you know, um, for well, the modified for a pig. Well, no, not that part. I'm talking about when you're dealing with the air part, Paris, like oh, okay. Mama, I, if you will, right? For the plane that size, it felt like it could have been like, uh, if anything, like a B B52 bomber, you know? Well, I mean, if God knows how many dudes and 15 kids. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was the 50 kids, but if anything, it could have, it, it, it probably felt more like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom when he's flying from, uh, where, from China to India, that type of, that size plane. Their scaling felt so off for the amount of people they had crammed into it and everything they were trying to do. Maybe they're all short. It was a clown plane. <laughs> See what you're saying. <laughs> I get it. Do show the inside of the hull during that mm -hmm. scene, right? When they're chasing the kids around. And I mean, I don't know. I, you're you're right. It did seem like it was it was a TARDIS plane. <laughs> it seemed like it was way bigger on the inside. It had room for everybody. But I mean, I, I, you know, that notwithstanding, they did a damn good job representing the aircraft, regardless. Also, there's a scaling issue with the humans themselves. I mean, some of those pirates were enormous. <laughs> the leader... Was was gigantic. It was it was like a linebacker the size of Yao Bing. Like just he was so big, and mm -hmm. yeah, and you got to I imagine probably a lot of his crew was as well. And they show that like when they're all gathered around uh, Fio in probably my favorite scene in this entire movie. <laughs> she's momming them. <laughs> she's no when she's momming them like they they all show up to kill Porco. And she just starts momming them into submission. Mm -hmm. I just, I loved that scene because they just they all fell in love with her so like genuinely authentic. It was so cute, but they're massive, <laughs> like especially compared to her. I think them leaving through the through the canyon. <laughs> oh my gosh! I was like, you guys are making fun of us, and it's I mean, <laughs> you. <laughs> Oh shit! No, no, we're just gonna go up and out. Right. <laughs> so, oh, no. <laughs> it's like Jackie Channing up the freaking ravine to get out. <laughs> Our legs and arms extended. Oh, when Curtis drops in and he does his his two point land, I was like, oh my god, this fucking movie. <laughs> but even he doesn't. He, stick was gonna it. he does a, He lands and it's like, oh shit, he's gonna like correct himself. So when, when we're talking about the whole two-point landing, right, or, or just Curtis in general, yeah, I actually did something that I never really do in terms of watching this. I've actually watched this twice. No shit. And I watched it first. I watched it dubbed. 
and not dubbed, I subbed. And then I came back and I watched it dubbed. Right. I have to admit, I was pleasantly surprised at the dubbed. Like, his American accent was... I didn't know where he was from. Dude, that was fucking Carrie Elius. It was great. I was impressed. Carrie Elius really? plays Curtis in the English dub. Fucking Dread Pirate Robert. I'm going to have to watch it in dub now. It was... I, it, I was floored. I, I was like, that's Carrie? Why would they do that? Like, they have Michael... They could have gotten anybody... They, yeah. So they went from Batman to Princess Bride. Yep. We are clearly living in a lawless time. Like, <laughs> he did great. I was so impressed because he did it. It was had this like Southern draw kind of thing going on because Southern accents are one of the easiest for, for Britons to uh, imitate. But he did it subtle. Like you couldn't tell from what state he was from per se. He was just like, it was great. It was it was really I was I was impressed. I like how they make America seem like it's just over there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what part of America? You from Kansas or Wichita? No, no, no. I'm from America. Right. <laughs> Doesn't One, matter where you you land in here. Yeah, is is great. He was great. He's just a funny character. So again, uh, uh, once you're into the zone of this movie, and I think that's. I think it's it's a little aimless in that regard because it wants to be cute and endearing and charming and all these things and it is but then at the same time it's in it was inspired by something much darker and they tried to make it have a little more weight to it and it, it didn't that part of it i don't know i don't know that that was 100 percent successful as a light-hearted fun adventure film 100 percent, i was absolutely into it the fact that it became this movie because of the Yugoslavian war didn't read to me at all. And to hear that about how they decided to make this a longer movie, I was like, that was your, like, that was the decision that was war broke out. So you said, we're going to make this more serious and make it longer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yugoslavian war. Yeah, you know, Yugoslavia in the early 90s, it broke out into war, and they the country broke apart, broke apart into Croatia and Bolivia, and, you know, the, those became separate countries. That war inspired Miyazaki to make this film a little more serious in tone and longer. If this was the serious version of the movie, I wonder what the comedic version of the movie was, because this is... This didn't read serious, really, to me at all. It was just no. lighthearted, fun fare. You know, you said the word. You used the word aimless for this one. Yeah. I actually was going to use the word longing. I felt like there was so much longing in this one from so many different, from the protagonist, from the antagonist, like the air pirate, for longing for his destruction. Curtis was longing for somebody to love him. And Gina longing for someone not her for a husband not to die. Right. I mean, there was so much longing in here. But when you combine when you combine it with the aimlessness of everything, there's even a point where when he's actually flying for the first time to Milan. And mm -hmm. it's just these long takes of how long he is exactly how big the Adriatic Sea is. You right. know? And it just felt like it takes for it, it felt like he, he he's he's going aimlessly just head west or head east wherever the fuck he's going. <laughs> yeah, those two words really encapsulate. The feel and, I, and again, I don't I don't feel like necessarily it's a it's a negative. But no, it was it was definitely some of the the feeling I got watching it. Oh, I don't know. It again, a lot of fun. Just a lot of really clever, and I got to give it to the the English dub on this one. It did a lot of changes to the localization, like as far as dialogue changes and stuff, little additions where there wasn't dialogue and things like that, and, and it all worked. Like the jokes they made worked; they landed. There you go again. There's a lot of dialogue about when he goes to Milan and he meets Theo for the first time, and he's with Piccolo grandfather right grandfather and 
and there's a lot of jokes about him staying away from her. Yep. Don't even think about it. Lean into that a little bit more in the dub, and the jokes land a little bit better uh, to me. But that, again, that's just the localization worked. I can't even. I didn't even write down the example, but it's it's worth it. To me, it was worth it to watch it dubbed. It really did bring just a little bit more to it, as far as culturally. I guess I don't know. It was cool. I it was it was really good. I highly recommend this dub. They did they executed it very well, and Keaton kills it. Can we do our favorite segment of Studio Ghibli films? Bring it on. Where, where we talk about the things that eh, you weren't too excited about. Do it. Let's do it. Oh, you all want me to? You want me yes. to start? Uh, no, no. I, I, I think you, you started. <laughs> <laughs> in this film I didn't like that the curse was a byproduct I wanted to know more about it uh, if if you've got a main character that's a pig and you wrote, wrote into it that he's that way because of a curse I get that he doesn't care but why doesn't he care at what point did he stop caring because you know the moment you wake up and you're a pig your life's mission is figuring out how the fuck that happened and he doesn't I don't really dig into that. And I, I feel like if there's a negative to be said for me, it's that. It's that why why doesn't he care? And they didn't express that. If if I can't find out what the curse is or how he got it or any of that shit, then at least explain to me be, in a better way why he stopped caring about it. Because that just seems like a way bigger deal than it should be. Like, does he have a tail? <laughs> You know, there's just so many questions about you've turned him into a pig. I have all the questions. Give me something. <laughs> I have what questions I don't want to ask. Right. Like, I just, anyway. I took biology. I know pig anatomy. That was not, I wasn't. So I just, I'm, I was disappointed with that. Like, there's no, the curse is there. Like, that should have been, there should have been more to it. I think sweeping it to the side. And, and I guess maybe that's the point, but. To me, I, I would have preferred being able to chase it. So there you go. That's me. Your turn. Me? Yes, you. I, I was gonna I was gonna talk about the curse myself. But there are other aspects about the curse that were really it, it, it just pissed me off that there was no even no resolution to it. You know. Even even how the curse began or or how the whole thing happened. It was a dog fight overseas and then next thing you know you see there's a whole bunch of other planes that these are apparently following soldiers or, or following pilots. Mm -hmm. Great. There is no mention of any uh who is the patron saint of, of pilots that you could potentially offend, you know? Is it, was he a horrible person to be turned into a pig in the beginning? Nothing about his character seemed like he was either trying to do a penance or make up for something or even trying to break the curse. Right. It seemed like his, his entire history was uh, not important to this movie, despite the fact that he's a, a freaking human that got turned into a pig. Yeah, it just and, seems like a big plot point to skip over. Sorry. But why did they use a pig? How come it couldn't have been like a warthog? I think that would have been cool to see the pilot with actual tusks. You know, that... I don't know. It just feels like the one piece of the puzzle they were missing. They could have they could have added an extra 10 minutes on this tops, and they could have explained that away. Or did something with it. The second thing I... I clearly, he's Italian, right? Yes. And it's clear that he... When we say Adriatic, uh, do we know the... Do we know the location of the Adriatic Sea? Can anybody tell me real quick? I sure can. It is east, uh, eastern Italy. So the eastern shore of Italy, between Italy and Croatia, uh, former Yugoslavia. It's that patch of water between the two. And uh, there's a lot of archipelagos there and uh, other little islands and things like that. So that's the setting. And I would say probably more north because he goes to Milan, which is a northern Italian city. I want to take a gas. Right. So it's Probably there you go. Yeah, Vic brought up a graphic for us. So it probably all happened up there in the northern part of the Adriatic Sea. So I guess the thing that 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 I was 
the reason why I was bringing that up is when we're talking about just like traveling a distance, mm-hmm. right? It felt like for the speeds that he was going, he should have been there a lot quicker than what was being portrayed. Maybe, but he was having engine trouble. Like, for instance, <laughs> Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Whenever they're doing some some long distance travel or something like that, they yeah. do the planes, they show him playing, and then they show the map and yeah. how it's going. They could have yeah. added that to this and that would have put a little bit more gravity. You could have traveled by map, is what you're saying? If yeah. Uh... I mean, traveling by map is a great way to travel, as uh, the the Muppets have shown me. But it's it did a little bit of the travel by map thing when he was explaining how he's going to go cut them off by going mm-hmm. the other way. So it was played for comedic purposes, but I see what you're saying. Like they could have, especially since they were leaning into the whole adventure, uh, mid-century adventure story or early century adventure story, they could have leaned into some of those Indiana Jones-ish tropes. Uh, like traveling by map, things like that. Probably could have worked. My my okay. final my final compl- complaint is the underplaying of the whole fascist undertones. We don't actually see anything fascist happening within there. It's just no. the fact are these are the people that are coming to get you, and they have a secret police, and they're alluding to, I guess World War Two, in terms of how. You guys right. Are, the SS are, started to gear up around 1930-ish, and it would have been right. a pretty, pretty shitty time to be in uh, fascist Italy. It wasn't going great over there at the time. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it was more based upon the Great Depression as opposed to anything that was happening in fascist Italy. Well, that's what it was like for people in Italy. Is they, you know, the, the people were shit wasn't going great over there. Again, not a historian, but. My understanding of early World War II Italy was it was a shit show. That's why all the women were building his plane because mm-hmm. the men were inscribed. They were out working. Yeah, they were out working, and, and the SS was in its fledgling stages of horror, but mm-hmm. still enough of a problem that clearly Mr. Rosso Rosso did not want to be a part of it. And he said as much, and I, I appreciated it. He's just like, I want no part of this. Didn't use the pig excuse. Oh, yeah, he did. Never mind. He used the pig excuse for everything. So, yeah, yeah, the law didn't apply to him because he was a pig. And, you know, he didn't want to serve in a war because he's a pig. You would have said, we're about to make you into barbecue or give me your spare rib. The thing of it is, Brian, is, and I I feel like Indiana Jones, right? He he fights Nazis. That's his whole shtick. And this, it isn't that. Porco actively doesn't want to fight anybody. Like, he just wants to hide out in his little concave beach and, and, and take out pirates. He didn't even want to kill them. He just wants to break their planes, incapacitate them, get some money. He even split money with them. I mean, he's all about himself. And his, his disinterest in participating in the wars, all of them happening at the time, mm-hmm. was sort of the point. Like he'd become so disconnected from the real world because he was probably for a very long time shunned as a pig person, except for Gina's little joint, her little corner of the world. So I, I was okay with them not making fascism the point. You know, like having it be the backdrop, like this is happening at the same time this guy wants nothing to do with it kind of thing. Exactly. You know, like if there was a sequel. He, abs- I mean, like, by the end of this movie, they talk about how he served, right? Like, he ended up fighting, and he was great. But it's a great sequel for this that I would love to see. Uh, yeah. I thought it was unfair. Say again? He didn't have the to-be-continued type feeling at the end. Yeah. No. Yeah, the ending drove me nuts. I like a definitive ending. I do have one thing. What? Why did the sweet grandmothers have to look like the Wicked Witch who was going to give Snow White the apple? Sure did, didn't they? They should. <laughs> Why did those sweet grandmothers have to look like an evil Wicked Witch? <laughs> funny, Maybe that was Italian grandmother style back then. Who knows? <laughs> right now, hold up. So there's actually I actually know some of this. So design wise, the outfits and the the features of the of the grandmothers kind of on point right there's 
in in Italy, they don't have Santa Claus. It's not their thing. They have uh, Bafana, who's a Christmas witch. And that's her, like, that look, like, that's her, man. The little scarf on the head and the whole, like, that's... So when I saw it, I'm like, oh, they're they're leaning into that old Italian witch stereotype thing. I, I don't know why they chose it, but I immediately thought of Bafana the Christmas witch. That was, that was just... Anyway, it was something. I... I loved all that. I really liked the the Fleischer-esque homage film that he was watching, the cartoon, when he was in the theater. They bought yeah. the, the cartoon in the cartoon. Like, that was just great for me. I'm like, well, this is very meta. <laughs> and it was done really well. Ghibli was like, we can do this style of animation. And they killed it. It was really like, oh, a piece of cake. Yeah, it was great. I loved that. I thought that was really a lot of fun. Obviously... Animation-wise, 1992, they were killing it. The whole canal escape, fucking gorgeous. Oh, that was gorgeous. <laughs> the the low the low altitude countryside flight, that was great. The way they were panning that shot towards you and all the landscapes like moving as he's flying, like that's amazing. You know how hard that is to do. Anyway, beautiful. That whole third act was animated nominally i love his knowledge of his plane it actually felt like like i was like we were dealing with maverick you know uh, tom cruise maverick talking about you need to know the inside and outside of your plane like yeah. he knew why he loved the, this plane so much you can make another one no no i like it as wood oh shit the plane's made out of wood no what word yeah. i love the knowledge he knew of his plane yeah, and that he didn't care that it made it heavier or that it was harder to, to maneuver. Or any, he, like, he liked all of that about it because he'd gotten comfortable with it. Like a good pair of shoes, I guess. And it was awesome. I did. I agree. I loved that. It was so good. Fio is probably my favorite character. She was adorable. I love how she just owned everybody in this movie, including him. They're like, well, I'm coming with you. Here, hold this. And she hands him a part of his own plane. Yeah, don't wait for that. No, no, she's not getting a no out of it. She's like, here, just hang on to this. I'm going to put this on. Look, I made this last night. And he's like, uh, you're not coming. Yeah, well, hang on. And then you got to put, <laughs> she just, uh, this doesn't have room for my ass. Can we take out one of these machine guns? <laughs> it's great. I loved her. She was so much fun. Yeah, she um, was getting, she was doing what she was going to do. And that, that was the end of it. Something to be said about about Ghibli movies is they're not afraid to to have a very strong female character who's not unabashedly old in her in speech and action. I love how she challenged him because of that. Every time, like, <laughs> like, but the first time it it really gets addressed. He says, "Are you do you not want to hire me because I'm female or because I'm young?" Well, actually, both. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, can, like, I can't change one of these things. The other one I can't. <laughs> so I love that. I like that. You did not get a lot of strongly written characters, female characters in the early '90s. You delivered a lot of them. You really did. Um, like you compare Fio to someone like Ariel, who from The Little Mermaid, who had come out just like two years before this. Did. There's a girl who's falling over herself because. She, the guy had pretty eyes. She was willing to sell her soul to the devil because she wanted to tap that ass. And that was uh, her only purpose in life was to know, get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> she wanted the D. The, the woman, clear, Ariel, clear, you said she wanted to know about what those things called about feet. Clipping your fins <laughs> don't get too far. Legs are required. <laughs> Legs are required. You, sir... Oh, Ariel, an apology. You no. are being... No, no, you can put oh, wheels in a bathtub and roll her around. You're being such a leg enthusiast <laughs> right now. I don't know if I know who you are right now. She is, she's such a shallow character. For real. Seriously. And think about other Disney heroines at the time. Belle. Come on. Stockholm Syndrome. The most... <laughs> like, they were not... They're not strong female leads. Oh, so you're just going to declare war on all of the... Uh, poorly written girl characters? Absolutely. 
on Brilliant, Brilliant Four. Like Fio, Fio is fucking great. She's a great character who doesn't get nearly enough screen time. I'll, I'll, I challenge that to a whole bunch of other movies from Ghibli from that era. Nausicaa, fucking girls from Totoro were strongly written characters. Like they just they unabashedly create more fully fleshed out characters with less time. Ariel had a whole movie, and by the end of it, she was still waiting to kiss, get kissed, like <laughs> her whole thing. So I wish I would have seen this when it came out. I really do. I, I'm glad I saw it at all. But when this came out, it was up against not a lot of difficult competition when it came for well-written people, well-written female characters. And yes, her momming the pirates is my favorite thing. And her, mm-hmm. absolute. and I love that when it's all over, she crumbles because she was in mom mode and as soon as all the threat's over, she's like, oh, sweet Jesus, I didn't know if I was going to make it. Like, she, like, completely falls in on herself. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe that worked. That was great. That was so good. <laughs> How many times has that happened to you where you've confronted somebody and you're, like, inside, you're a duck on a pond. And as soon as it's over, you're like, oh, sweet God. Oh, whoo. I came out the other end of that one. That's <laughs> great. That was great. And I'm glad they gave her that moment. That's what I'm talking about. Like, that's this well-written shit. I love the periodness. Of, I don't know. If that's yeah, choose a, a better word there. Is, is that a thing, periodness? Is that? It, 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 it sounds iffy. It sounds, it sounds sketchy. Yeah. Let's lean, lean into it. Let's I love into. the period appropriate underwear they gave her when she Oh, stripped. the big puffy bloomers? That shit was great. Right. <laughs> If you're a kid, you got these bloomers. If you are a a a wonderful working woman, no, 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 no. We don't have to worry about briefs. No, no. You get these underwear. I think that was awesome. That was great. I loved it. <laughs> Everything about that character was great. I loved her. I thought she was great. I liked her way better than Gina, who I thought was just boring as shit. But I get it. She was the if, one that any- got away. It, from what you're saying, Gina was more like Ariel than anything. Yeah, she's the one that got away. She was the girl, the you know, the the trophy, the one that he can never have. Like that. Mm-hmm. That's what that was. It, it, it sounds to me Gina needed an Ursula. Gina, <laughs> she needed to see what to tell about these poor fortunate souls. I don't think so, man. She clearly it just she was already cursed. She didn't need yeah. to see which to do it. <laughs> Any man she married ended up dead. Yeah, she was a widow three times over. I mean, it was... <laughs> and heck, the first one was after two days. I mean, I feel like I feel like Marco was saving himself by not getting hooked up with Gina. That's how you prolong your life. He knew. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. You're a widow how many times over? Three. They were all pilots? Yeah. Wait, how did they? Really? These were ace pilots. Too, right? Dude, <laughs> the, first, the first one died two days after the wedding. Yep. They didn't mention how the second one and the third one, they're like, oh yeah, his remains were found. Yeah, yeah, the last one was just like she just found out that he had died too. And she was not falling over herself about it no. because by husband three, she's like, uh, you know, one more and I get a free sandwich. No, no, so no. no, no. She, was she, was like, I'm all, she was like, I'm all cried out. It doesn't matter. I've already lost three husbands. It's cool. Yeah, and lose three, I- get free bacon. Yeah, and at this time, I think Porco Rosa was going, thank goodness I'm a pig. You can't marry me. And he was... Yeah. No, no. Sorry about no, that. No, uh... no. I got like two strikes <laughs> right now. I don't think being barbecue is something I, want to, I should tempt with. No, no. <laughs> Hell, he said he liked the girl and his plane got shot. What the... <laughs> <laughs> That is a cursed woman, and he is safer with that. He should have sent her. Curtis should have took her. That's why, <laughs> Actually, she's, on a, that's why she's on a building in the middle of the in the middle of the sea, all by herself. Nobody else is there. She's just she's quarantining herself because it's very dangerous. You like her, you're gonna die. You love her, you're really <laughs> gonna die. Black Widow. Yeah, you marry her, and they may never find your body again. That's basically how it goes. And the worst part is, it wouldn't be on purpose. No. <laughs> Curtis and, and, and Marco like saved their own lives by not getting there. <laughs> I thought that was such a lackluster fight. Oh, did you? 
I thought it was very cute. I thought it was a very cute fight. I thought it was funny. I, yeah, I, I, I was hilarious. Once they got, you know, once they couldn't shoot anymore. Yeah, once they landed and they started punching each other, I was like, what? Yeah, everyone adjusted real quick. They were placing bets from a dog fight to a boxing match. They pulled out freaking stools for them to sit between rounds. I appreciate the elevated damage as the, <laughs> the fist fight went on. Oh, yeah. And one of my favorite animation nerd moments is when Curtis is punching Porco and he misses and he hits his goggles and it clangs and he's like, oh, like, god damn it. <laughs> it's just... Like he is so, uh, and he couldn't even, he, it was great. It, again, another one of those just great little animation moments. Didn't need to happen, but they threw it in anyway, because why not? It's great. Or how they transition to sounding like they're talking with cotton in their mouth, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I would have preferred a full-blown dog fight, and I think everybody would have, and I think that's why they subverted your expectations and just brought it down to two guys beating the shit out of each other in shallow water. But yeah, I... I I'm here for one to beat the other without, you know, downing the plane. A real dogfight would have been great. <laughs> but I'll take what I can get. Tell us tell us why you were... why you felt it was lackluster, Brian. Because, again, this is... Maverick and Iceman decided, you know what? We done run out of bullets. Don't know how. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and set suck this down. Let's do this the way God intended. I'm sorry, even though you're a pig, and as a pig, you should have been stronger to beat the shit out of a man. I mean, the <laughs> physics of the fight, whatever. It's Porco Rosso. I mean, it, it, it's what if Top Gun was came down to beer pong? <laughs> you mean what if Top Gun was you know barreled down to a volleyball match on the beach? No, no, no. <laughs> The volleyball match had a purpose. It showed them as very competitive individuals. Gotcha. Write it down. <laughs> he has already got his ass whooped by this pilot once. He is going for his revenge. No, 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 no. We're not going to use the planes. We are going to settle this on who can be the other person in Pac-Man. How about that? It's so fucking arbitrary. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think because it's also worth noting that this wasn't about this fight between the two of them, this rivalry that they had, had nothing to do with the planes and everything to do with the girls. Mm-hmm. The planes were were unimportant to the battle because they were fighting over was was something even worse. It wasn't even their pride. They weren't even fighting over their honor or any of that shit. Orko was fighting for the two girls in his life. And and Curtis was fighting because of the two girls that he wanted in his life. It's what it, that's what's so appropriate about the movie. It's because that's the kind of movies that they did. Like those period pieces from that era, that the Bogarts of the world. It was all over a girl, right? It's always over the girl. And it's, that's the sort of silliness of it. So I appreciated it. Again, circling back to support you, though, if this was supposed to be the more serious version of this film, dogfight let ended like a legit dogfight might have been the more appropriate approach. But I don't know. Maybe that maybe the absurdity is the point. And and, and that's because I'm typically a very absurd person, you know, <laughs> self admittedly. But it doesn't feel like it's landing with me, mm-hmm. and you know, especially after his. 114th retirement, I would have <laughs> that he would have found a way to to really nail down the end of the story. I wish I could tell you he has, but let's look at the record. Most of his films don't, right? Like, look at probably one of, in the West, one of his most popular is Howl's Moving Castle. It kind of just ends. Yep. Hey, thank you for setting expectations that I've never seen House. Great. We're going to be covering it in a couple weeks. It just kind of ends. And and you're going, really? But that's that's just Arietti. It just kind of ends. A lot of Ghibli films don't even get, like, Earthsea's a whole other animal. 
a lot of his movies, they do. They just kind of end, and you're left going, oh, this was amazing. It, how do you come down off of that high? How do you, how do you give an epilogue to a story that you just had that much fun with? I don't know. And clearly neither, neither does he, because ending them isn't really their strongest suit. But that's a curse of anime in general, right? I mean, we've established that watching all of these anime over the course of this show. They don't end great, especially the earlier stuff. The stuff from the 80s and 90s, they don't have great endings. That's just par for the course. And again, this is 92. There's only a couple films under their belt by the time this one came out. So, and that, that didn't go away. It's th- so, a rare one is like Spirited Away, which ends well. Mm-hmm. You know what else ended well? Hanya. <laughs> I just had to see face. It sure did. It ended well for the fish. Oh my God. That's the point, right? It's like they don't, it's not, it's one of those things, uh, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Like that's kind of what these movies are. Dude, you 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 really are astounding me. Your sage words of of wisdom on this one is not the destination; it's the journey. My gosh, it's like have, have we done this podcast already? And you came at the time to say this is the way we should be looking at this. <laughs> no, I just watched the that. Shit. I like to know where I'm going. <laughs> it's so- like you're like you're saying. It's the difference between uh, direction with MapQuest or direction with the GPS. <laughs> Which is the one going to be more? Question, not all those who wander are lost, mm-hmm. right? Like that's like a lot of these are that kind of just a journey. You're in it for the journey. You're in it for the for the epilogue. You're not you're not going to be satisfied with any of these movies or most anime in general. Like a lot of them go like this they go up 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 and then they don't want to they don't want to bring you down so they just go all right have a good day this is like that this is definitely yeah. like that this definitely hey, it builds. like you're not allowed to cut the ghibli story but we cut at the end you <laughs> get what you get and that's it. it builds and builds and all you get is the promise and hope of something more after and mm-hmm. and all you get is a stinger of a red plane flying through the clouds that's all you're getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you're not wrong. Like that's, but that again, it, it, if anything, covering all these Ghibli films for Ghibli Fest this year, that, that is probably one of my takeaways. Is that this continues the long tradition of anime having a really hard time closing out their films, and as not just a Ghibli curse, or most anime, or maybe this could be some type of allegory to the fact that. He doesn't know how to properly close out his career. <laughs> well done. I love it. Let's go with it. <laughs> That's great. He's like, yeah, I'm retiring. No, I'm not retiring. It's ending, or is it? No, it's ended. Or did it? about was supposed to be my retirement. And, and I'm supposed to let you know that at some point in time, it's going to be the the most majestic battles ever. But no, I'm going to leave you with this so you know that I got to come back. Is, is Porco Rosso his, his biography? Is that what you're saying? It's just the... <laughs> like, you look at movies like Mr. Holland's Opus, right? Sure. What exactly is going to be Mizuaki's Opus? What is going to be the one he's going to be remembered for? Because he's gonna, he's gonna have done everything correct in it. Mm-hmm. So we're saying that there's going to be another one coming out. He's got another one coming out. He's currently working on one that I wouldn't expect. Oh, to be. I'm not a prophet, but goddamn it, retire. <laughs> but the thing is, though, is is it's hard because he has many things that he'll be remembered for. So he can't right. just go out on just one. There's a there's a whole festival that celebrates <laughs> what he's, he's going for the record. <laughs> so what you're saying is that we are ready player one type of thing with Ghibli, but we bring them all into one world to see who's going to find the Easter egg. I mean, I'm in. Like, I'm totally in. Let's do it. <laughs> I want to see 
I want to see uh, I want to see no face on a cat bus with yeah. uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> sitting on top of Howl's Castle. Like I want the whole thing. So who do you want to be the one to take out Grave of the Fireflies? Let's let's go ahead and no face. Yeah, he's gonna eat no it. Who wants no to absorb that? I don't think All we did because we saw what just absorbing just regular trash did in no face. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it can't be no face. Yeah, it's it, the giant I mean, pig from uh, Mononoke. Is <laughs> right. He's gonna die uh, anyways. Let him take it out. Look, that I, that's a good one. I don't know what his magnum opus is, and for each person, it's different. For each person, it's the thing that they remember him for. It's gonna be different. It's just like Walt Disney. People make those comparisons all the time, but there's a reason, right? Walt Disney, his name is attached. Such an enormous body of work, even the stuff I'm, I'm just talking about the stuff he was alive for, not even the stuff mm-hmm. after he died. That picking the one thing you remember that artist for, that storyteller for, is gonna be a different answer for everybody. Mm-hmm. And let's 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 do the experiment when you think of Walt Disney. I'm talking about Walt Disney era films. What do you think of? What's the one film that stands out to you? Mary Poppins, okay, Mary Poppins, good answer. I think I'm in the same boat as Brian. It's like a bunch of things just popped into your head. It's like, okay, which one? Like, I think you broke me. <laughs> this is a difficult, it's a difficult question to quantify. Now do it for somebody like Miyazaki, whose work is also revered probably more so than Walt's. Walt's work is now gone by the wayside because of, like, you know, all the racism and stuff. But, but the... You know, honestly, what happened to me just now is that I actually started rating all the other animators I've been exposed to. So not just Walt Disney, but I'm talking about Walt Disney, then you have Don Bluth and, and his crew, yeah. you know, and then you have like Hanna-Barbera. As and like, DreamWorks, and, and there's, there's tons of them. But, but that's, I mean, to say that this was so early in Ghibli's life that this is by far not going to be the magnum opus for a lot of people. It's not, I don't think that's its an in, intent ever. Yeah. You know, this was fun. This was supposed to be fun. It was intended as a, a fun romp through the Mediterranean. And their visual, I don't know, their interpretation of what life was like over there. That's that's what this was. This was like a tourism video for Eastern Europe. Like that's, that's not really accurate, but its intent that wasn't its intent. Its intent was to be fun. So no, this isn't this isn't that. For a lot of people, it's going to be Spirited Away because it won an Oscar. For a lot of people, it's going to be Al's Moving Castle because it's a fucking amazing movie. For a lot of people, it's going to be Mononoke. Or or for me, it's Nausicaa. So everybody's going to have a different answer for you. Aladdin or Lion King. There you go. Aladdin or Lion King. Great. Now pick one that Disney actually had something to do with. Harder. (laughs) Exactly. Like, that's the... (laughs) So you... It's... Is this epic storytelling? No. Not at all. Is it fun? Did you have fun? Yes. Of course. Ah, fuck yeah, you had fun. That's the point. He succeeded. He succeeded in doing that. Final thoughts. Anyway. Yep, let's do it. Who wants to go first? All right, nobody's going to pick. I pick. Lynette goes first. Pocoroso <laughs> <laughs> is the answer to when pigs fly. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap. So that's that's just pretty much it. That's what I saw it as. It was enjoyable. I liked Fia. She was cool. You know, but yeah, that's how I saw it. It's like when someone says, when pigs fly, I'm just going to say, Porco Rosso. That's the answer. And that can't do it. (laughs) Only answer that matters. All right. All right. Uh, Nick, you're up. What the fuck for? Nothing we can say. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> she just gave us the Theo answer for everything. Like we cannot compete. All right, right, right. Wait, just go ahead and say goodbye. Thank the lovely people for being here. <laughs> That's right. That's gonna do Thank it. Thank you, everyone. That's a wrap. No, but seriously, it was a fun movie. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's one of the numerous Ghibli movies I've yet to see, and I enjoyed it. Is it one of my top favorites? No. Did I like it more than Ponyo? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, I mean, that's all I really got. I mean, it's a fun movie. You should watch it. Solid. Especially if you're on a flight, because, you know, if you're on a flight that's one hour and a half long in the air, more than enough time to watch it. Absolutely. You got you to gotta account for that half an hour to get to cruising altitude and a half an hour it is to land. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Brian, you want to go? Yes, I do. Let's do I it. think that Porco Rosi um, provides the solution for the query of when pork defies gravity. Fascinating. You go on. Thesaurusly <laughs> <laughs> uh, so speaking, <laughs> it could be divined that um, the other white meat needs to be given the chance to soar the skies. And we cannot look at the human uh, experience as the only experience that has something to offer to the Adriatic skies. <laughs> we should be waiting and looking for what happens when kangaroos take to the sky. Mm-hmm. I am also looking for his uh, wonderful dissertation on caribous. Are they the better submarine captain? I mean, there are so many animals that we need to put into more human-dominated... <laughs> I can stop now? You're, you're good. Coming to season three of Sweet Tooth, All Out War. Um... <laughs> I feel like Brian needs a, a, a Princess Mononoke film, but instead of people, they're koalas. <laughs> right, right. I mean... You just need a tank girl kangaroo mutants in it uh. <laughs> yeah let's go ahead and ask all the questions do sloths make better train conductors than humans no they're excellent DM employees though right right firmly established that, that <laughs> person i did that for andrea because she's gonna have graphics <laughs> for all that and oh, <laughs> good times to be had uh. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lynette, for that wonderful uh, closing remark. I'm done for the rest of the day. Vic's done. Uh, Brian's done. Vic's done. All right. So, yeah, let's wrap it up here. Uh, the film is Porco Rosso. Rosso, depending on your pronunciation, my family, my in-laws would be very upset with me since that is their namesake. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a love letter to the sort of the Hepburn and, and Bogart era films. Uh, the the Casablancas and the and the whatnot, but it's a good time. It's a good time to be had uh, if you just want to laugh a little and enjoy pointless fighting <laughs> in the shallow water. This is the movie for you. Do check it out if you hadn't seen it before. It's worth it. When this comes out, it should be airing during Ghibli Fest in theaters. It's it's worth the ticket. I think we can all agree that it's it's probably worth a movie ticket. Go check it out. And so, yeah, I guess that's going to be our show for today. Uh, until next time, keep calm and, I don't know, be a pig, not a fascist. You've just been privy to the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd, presented by Geek Grotto. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Geek Grotto. For show notes and corrections or for general geeky fun, you can visit our website at geek-grotto.com. If you would like to sponsor the show, you can do so on the podcast's Red Circle host site, redcircle.com slash shows slash M-M-M-A-N. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app, please like, follow, and subscribe.